years old through fourth grade to uh, head down to uh, Kids Church, and uh, there is a, a staff of people that are waiting to uh, help you guys uh, learn some things in a new way uh, down at uh, Youth Church, but uh, I'm going to uh, jump in here. I don't have a screen back here, guys. Is there? Sir? There we go. Thanks. All right. I was scared for a minute there. It's like, uh-oh, the sermon's going to be really, really long because I'm going to be making it up on the fly here. Hey, listen, uh, here's where we've been. Here's where we've been, all right? Uh, this is a, we've been in this series for a little bit now, Reconcile. And uh, what we've said about this so far is um, uh, we said we want to uh, look at the world through a biblical worldview, okay? And so maybe you were here a few weeks back and we talked about uh, what, do, what does the world, what does the culture say about the way that we are to look at the planet Earth, Right? And uh, we said uh, there's a biblical way to look at planet Earth, and the biblical way to look at planet Earth is that uh, the Earth is not fragile. God didn't make a fragile Earth that is going to collapse on us. Um, we as human beings are at the highest order of all of his creation uh, here on Earth, and that he is going to destroy the Earth, but we don't need to worry about that. We don't need to stress about that. God is in control. And so we said, okay, uh, what is the biblical worldview of Earth? Then we, then we were here the next week, and we said um, uh, we, we all have a physical body. What is the, what is the biblical view of our body? We're not supposed to be neglectors of our bodies, but we're also not to be obsessors of our bodies because our body is a temple, right? That's the biblical worldview. So we put on the, the lenses. And then uh, maybe you were here uh, last week. We talked about family. What's the biblical worldview of family? And we're continuing in this series because it's different. It's different to look at everything that we look at uh, through the lenses of uh, the way the media or the world would show it to us, but it's very different to look at the entire world uh, the way a biblical worldview. And so that's our, our goal, is to put on a biblical a worldview. And so this morning, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the arts, the arts. Now, I have to confess to you that uh, we're going to leave out some of the arts. I'm not going to talk about uh, paintings. I'm not going to talk about sculpting. I'm just going to kind of go out on a limb here and probably say uh, that uh, lot, most of us probably don't spend a lot of time uh, studying art or looking at sculpture. And what's the name of the art museum down there? The P- PB Arts? It's not PB. BB? Figgy, Figgy with an F, Figgy, Figgy. I couldn't remember that for the life of me. The Figgy Art Museum. Probably not a lot of us. I'm going down there and sitting in the chair and just kind of looking at the the art, you know, and trying to figure out what that, how that feels to you, things like that. But here's what we do encounter. This is when I'm talking about the arts. I am talking about art, but I'm also talking about these arts. Take a look at this. And so I want to kind of challenge you guys a little bit. Um, And so uh, what the top left up there? What is that thing? Yes. A Grammy Award, right? Top left, isn't that a Grammy Award? And so who wins the Grammys, right? The music people. Music people win the Grammy Awards, right? And what's next to that? Oscar, Oscar, that's right. Who wins the Oscar? The, oh man, you guys, here we go. Then no, You know what the next one is? A Tony Award. A Tony. Who doesn't want to win a Tony, right? What's a Tony? A Tony is for people on Broadway, theater, theater actors. They win the Tony Award. These are the highest. And you gold records, right? All the, all the rock stars or the country stars, they want to have gold records. What's the next one? A, not a Golden Globe. 
An Emmy, an Emmy, an Emmy, an Emmy, an Emmy Award. That's for television, television. So you got uh, people that sing and perform music, people, and you have people that are in motion pictures and people television. And then, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, Netflix and uh, Prime and Hulu and all of those kind of things, uh, those are, uh, they're producing their own material, their own content these days. And so when I'm talking about the arts, when I'm talking about arts, I'm talking about, uh, we don't, we don't go down to the figgy and stare at the picture, you know, the blob of paint that's splattered up on the wall and go, Hmm, right? But probably most of us in the room don't do that. But what we do is we do take in a whole lot of art from artists uh, through uh, movies or, or recording artists or whatever that kind of thing. The radio listen to that stuff. We do pull a lot of that kind of stuff into us. And so, what, so when we're talking about reconciling the arts... Uh, the arts kind of, uh, they scoop up and they kind of uh, give you, uh, this is the, the worldview from the art community, but over here we have a biblical worldview. And so how, there's one particular, oh man, it's one area in particular that I feel uh, the arts, there's one area that the arts, uh, man, they, they've, they've got this one wrong. Uh, they, they have twisted it. Uh, they have uh, they they put a spotlight on it and 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 it sort of reflects all of the wrong angles and and so there's one word there's one word more than any other thing that the arts kind of grab a hold of and twist up and wreck uh, they and and they just push it out there and they push it out there and often when when they're pushing it out there in the way that they're pushing it out there uh, we we go oh yeah well, that's good that's good yeah but really it's bad it's bad and the and the thing the thing the thing that the arts push off and, and present in, in a broken, uh, dysfunctional way more than any other thing. It's one word, the thing that the arts do poorly, they do, the, it's bad. And the way that they do it, that we don't want to do it like that. We don't, we want the biblical, biblical thing. One word, love, love. They take love and they scramble that thing all up and they, and they spit it back out at us and, and then we listen to some songs or watch something on TV and go, oh, that's love. When in reality, that's not love. Not love at all. And so uh, today I'm going to take on the endeavor of trying to explain what a biblical worldview of love is. And then when we get all done here today, we're going to take a look at what it would look like if an artist were to present a, a biblical uh, kind of view, or they would, they would reconcile that. They would take the mess, and, they would, and then they would present it using their God-given uh, talents and their abilities, their artistic abilities, and present that in, in a biblical way, in a, in, a, in a New Testament kind of a, a way. And what might that look like? And so we're going to try to explain what love is. But here's the thing. Okay. In order for us to understand what love is, um, we're, we would do well to better understand what love is not. What love is not. So you got your bulletin there, and you got your writing utensil ready uh, to jump into this thing, and here we go. So we're going to take a, a love is not innate. Write that down. Love is not innate. You are not born. Little Leo, he was just in here a little bit ago, and uh, he looks really sharp today, didn't he? I don't know if you got to see the chance to take a look at little baby Leo. He's got his cool little hat on, his cowboy boots, and he's all that tall, you know. And, and uh, uh, But here's the thing. Uh, when you are born, when you are born, uh, you, love, you don't know what love is. You don't know, you're not born with the ability to love. You're not born with that, just kind of, I know what love is, and I'm natural, I'm a lover. I'm a lover because it's in me. And here's, here's I'm going to prove it to you, and you're going to go, oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You ever watch Toddlers? You ever watch Toddlers? <clears throat> Todd, you know, a toddler in a room by itself with a whole bunch of toys, and then they're just kind of doing their thing, right? 
But then another toddler comes in the room, doesn't matter, it randomly goes in and picks up a toy, right? And goes over in the corner and kind of looks at it. And what's the other toddler do? Runs over and says, grabs it, tries to pull out the end and says, mine, mine, right? And then there's a whole bunch of toddlers in the room and there's a bunch of toys in there. And one of those toddlers goes over and he picks the one thing up. And the other toddler comes and says, mine, 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 right? And they, it's not innate. Love is not innate. You have to learn it. It's not innate. You are not just born into this idea. I can, here's another one. Love is not innate. You've got to write that one down. And then listen. Love is not. Now you got, you're going to see this word. And look at that. You say, what? It's, huh? It's not. Love is not emotion. Love is not emotion. You want to know what emotion is? This is emotion. This is, oh, Walt Disney, he was a master at this. A good one. That's a good one. You got to watch this.
Love is not innate, and love is not emotion. Now, listen, it's fun. Emotion can be a lot of fun, and emotion can be very desirable, but that's not love. Love is not innate, and love is not emotion. And listen to this. Love is not lust. Love is not lust. Write that down. What is lust? Here's what lust is. Lust is an intense desire to own. Love is an intense desire to own. So let me just tell you this, uh, to be very honest with you, I lust after a brand new Corvette. I lust after a brand new Corvette because here's what I know about a brand new Corvette. I would look very, very good in a brand new Corvette, right? I mean, if I was driving around and I pulled up to the intersection and, you know, the window's down or maybe the uh, target top is off and I pull up there, people are going to be looking at me and all of a sudden my status is elevated because I am in a brand new Corvette. It's an intense desire to own. I would look good in it. People would respect me more. And so that's what lust is. You see, if I have uh, the right uh, girl on my arm or for the uh, ladies, the right guy on their arm, they want to be able to walk around and they want to be able to be seen by other people. And it's an intense desire to own because of the way it would make them feel. It's an intense desire to own. Now listen to this. Here's some contrast. Love gives. Love gives, but lust takes. Love values. Love values, but lust uses. That Corvette that I want, I just want to use that to make me look good, to take an experience out of it. And so love is not innate. Love is not uh, emotion, and love is not lust. Here's another one. Uh, Love endures, but lust subsides. Uh, You know how long I would want that brand new Corvette? I would want it right up until the next model year came out, or the next body style came out. When I was a kid, uh, you know, a, um, a, a Stingray uh, Corvette, uh, the old, you know, 70s, uh, early 80s styles, uh, those were really, really cool until, the, you know, in 84, they came out with another body style, and years later, and now they got the new mid-engine one. And so you just, and so love endures, but lust subsides. Lust is simply an intense desire to own. And so love is not innate, And love is not emotion, and love is not lust, and love is not sex. Can you say sex in church? It's kind of awkward. Can you know? Love is not sex. Listen, listen to these things. Sex, or excuse me, love. Love. I got this flipped down. Love is a process. Sex is an act. It is an action. Love is learned. Sex is instinctive. Love requires constant attention. If you've been married for a while, you know that that's true. Sex takes no ongoing effort. Love takes time to develop and mature. Sex needs no time to develop. Love requires emotional and spiritual interaction. But sex requires only physical interaction. Love deepens a relationship, but sex without love dulls a relationship. Love is not innate. 
Love is not emotion. Love is not lust, and love is not sex. But if you were to pay much attention at all uh, to the way the arts portray love, you might think that love is all of those things. You might even think that love would drive you towards this next one, C, cohabitation. Love is not cohabitation. Love is not living together. Listen, uh, some say, uh, well, before I get married, I want to find out if it's going to work for me or not. It's kind of like when I go to the shoe store, I want to try on a pair of shoes uh, before I make the commitment uh, to purchasing uh, them. The difference there is that shoes don't have feelings. Shoes don't have emotions. You cannot bond with a pair of shoes like you bond with emotionally with somebody or you cannot love them like you would love an object. Listen, some people say, uh, I need to find out if we are compatible. We should live together to find out if we are compatible. And then you can go to uh, Tinder. Did you watch the thing on Netflix about the Tinder guy? Anybody? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, look that one up. That's a crazy one. But listen, and so you can go to these, you can go to the dating apps, right? And they'll have the, you fill out the dating app and they'll have the 21 signs of compatibility and they'll help match you up with somebody and you want to make sure that you're compatible with them. But here's the problem. Relationships are not built on compatibility. They are built on commitment. They are built on commitment. And so think about this. Um, let's say uh, you met a complete stranger and they came up to you and, and you could see that they were in need and they said, uh, could I borrow some money in order to you know, take care of a particular need that I have? And they're a complete stranger. Uh, how willing would you be to take a check uh, out of the checkbook or maybe go to the bank and get a check, right? <laughs> Who's got a checkbook anymore? But how, uh, and to sign that check and to a complete stranger, turn over a blank check and say, you take what you need and just, you know, you run with that. Versus, think about this, how many of you would be willing to go up to somebody that you know and you trust and you love and you would be able to go to them and sign a blank check and say, I know that you are in need and you take what you need to meet your need and I trust you with this. If you know them, you know that they love you enough that they're not going to take or steal from you or bankrupt you, but they're going to... But over on this side, you would hold back. You would want to make sure that you're withholding something. You wouldn't give a complete stranger a blank check and just say, go and run and do that's cohabitation. Cohabitation is, I want to dip my toe in. I want to sample it. I'm not going to give it all away because I'm reserving the right to withdraw and keep from you some other things. But a commitment is, I know and trust and I'm all in. The media, the arts, 
the, the movie industry, the television industry, and there's a lot of fun country songs. I like country music. I, I kind of rotate between uh, talk radio and Christian radio and some oldies rock and roll and country uh, stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, I don't know if you ever listen to the country music, but the, some of the songs are just hilarious, man. Uh, do you love the song? Do you love the song, I'm More Rednecker Than You? You ever heard it? It is just uh, hilarious, you know. My next girlfriend's going to be a blonde uh, uh, because I'm tired of squeezing black. Blackheads. You ever heard that song, a country song? That's just that's hilarious, hilarious stuff there. I got to tell you, it's hilarious. And so, um, listen to this. Um, they're funny, they're funny, but when it comes to taking uh, dating advice or, or love advice, uh, and you hold up the biblical worldview of what love is, and then you, and you look at what the arts uh, might uh, be able to kind of offer up there, here's what we need to Love is not innate, and love is not emotion, and love is not lust, and love is not sex, and love is not uh, simply uh, living together. Did you, did you know that? statistics one fourth of couples that live together before they get married end up divorced within five years statistically couples that live together are twice as likely uh, the, uh, after the uh, um, couples that live together before they get married are twice as likely to get a divorce than couples that don't live together it's because they've made that commitment They've made that commitment. Now listen, I don't know your story and your background, and I'm not here to judge anybody on anything, but here's what I want you to know. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. So love, love. To understand what biblical love is, first we talk about what love is not. Now let's talk about what love is is. And so um, fill this out in your bulletin there. There's three kinds of loves, three kinds of loves that I want to talk to you about. The the first kind of love is this. It's called if love. I love you if, and it's a counterfeit love. It's a false kind of love, but it says I love you if, and too often parents give if love uh, to their kids. Uh, they'll communicate uh, to their kids, and, and you know maybe it's directly and clearly, and maybe it's just kind of inadvertently, but uh, this is the feeling that they get, is, I-, I love you if you behave. If you are well-behaved, then I love you. If your grades are good, uh, then I love you. I love uh, If you act in a certain way, if you dress a certain way, then you know that I, I love you. Otherwise, if you don't do those things... Uh, I'm not quite sure it's going to look a lot like wrath is coming your way. And it's called if love. And it's a kind of false love. But then it, if, if love has a close cousin to it, and it's called because love. Because love. And what is because love? Uh, because you are so beautiful, I love you. Uh, because uh, you take care of me, I love you. Because you make me laugh, I love you. In other words, uh, as soon as you stop being beautiful, as soon as you stop taking care of me, or as soon as you stop uh, making me laugh, I am no longer obligated to love you anymore. And so if love is a false love, and because love is a false love, and there is really only one love, and that is this, I love you, period. Period. I love you. And... If you're in a relationship with any kind of people that you love, whether it's your children or your spouse, you've got to kind of scratch your head and go, that's hard. That's really hard. I love you, 
period? Yes. And what that looks like, if you're married, it's called keeping your vows. Keeping your vows from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part. Maybe at your wedding, or maybe you've attended a wedding and you've heard this passage of scripture read. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It, does, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Is that what you get when you go to the movies or when you listen to the song? That's biblical love. But to truly understand what biblical love is, we're going to now take this sermon and kind of tuck it in and put it to bed. And we're going to now enter into a time of communing with God. We're going to enter into a time where we will focus and look and really truly begin to start to understand what love is. Because the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4 that God is love. The artistic world has the ability to teach that God is love. Too many people in the artistic world don't know who God is and they don't let others know that God is love. God is love. Which means that passage of scripture that we just read that we see a lot at a wedding. Allow me to paraphrase that because really that's the definition of God. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. If you are in him and he is in you and he is your savior... God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. Which takes us to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then Jesus says, hey, church, I've taught you what love is. 
I went to the cross for you. I want you to accept me as your Savior. I would, I want, my desire for you is that you would get to know me and that we would have a friendship and you would be willing to die to yourself and, and lay in a watery grave and to be raised again a brand new person that would live for me and love others as I have loved you and that you would serve others as I have served you and you would be committed to others as I am committed to you and that you would represent what love is. And then he says, hey church, there's something I want you to do when you get together as a church I want you to remember the commitment that I made to you and we call it a time of communion we are to remember that Jesus blood was shed for our sins because he loves us that his body was broken for us because he is deeply committed to us and he loves us he loves us he died for us he's given himself to us that we might know him now we're going to enter into a time of communion and what that's going to look like is if if you need uh, to get the communion where it's at the baskets at the back but if you already have that I'm just going to ask that you would spend time and that you would peel back that top layer and take the bread and peel back the next layer and drink of the cup and that you would do that as we sort of watch and listen to a very famous artist that is worth probably a hundred million dollars. But this is really what it looks like when an artist communicates God's Love. At the conclusion of this song, this service is over. So enter into a time of meditation. Be close to Jesus and listen to art talk about love. Thank you.